Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. First pitch, a grounder to Goldie. Flips to Helsley. The Cardinals have won seven in a row. It was a sweep of the Cubs, a sweep of the Yankees, a sweep of the homestand, and the Cardinals win it 12-9. How about that? No therapy needed today as we're joined by our friend and the Cardinals insider for The Athletic, Katie Wu, for her weekly segment here on BK and Ferrario. She joins us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Katie, we appreciate the time as always. I hope you enjoyed the weekend against the New York Yankees. What was it like for you being there uh, to witness what was, I would say, probably the best Cardinals home uh, home series since the Padres last year in mid-September. Yeah. Well, honestly, what that was, I personally had a lot of fun at work this weekend. I don't know if it was the atmosphere, the fans. I mean, you knew it was going to be a big series when you have the two most historic franchises in baseball coming you know, the Yankees and the Cardinals. Matt Carpenter's return was sure to be a big one. But the overall quality of baseball and the overall feel from the clubhouse from the Cardinals' perspective was really unique. And it did remind me a little bit of when things started going you know, everything started going their way last September. This almost has that more or an, an identical feel, really. So super fun weekend of baseball at Bush Stadium. Um, you know, it's a good home or a good series when a four hour, 25 minute game doesn't even get a complaint from any of the writers. Um, just all around, I thought it was a really fun weekend. So, Katie, we saw the offense. We saw both Jordan Montgomery and uh, Jose Quintana, and we saw the impact of Yadier Molina. Has your opinion after that three-game series against the Yankees changed about this ball club? You know, I think my opinion started changing after the Cubs series, but I was like, you know, it's a little early. We haven't seen Montgomery yet. It's only been three games. Um, but I will say just talking to players and talking to coaches and talking to the overall staff, it just seems like a clubhouse that's more convicted to win. And when asking players, you know, they credit the stabilization that bringing in Montgomery and Quintana brought, right? When you know and you look at your club, the most glaring weakness of starting pitching, and you're stressing each day to figure out how you're going to fit that role and fix it, while everything else seems to be fine, that can be a lot of pressure. That can create a lot of problems internally. Now that the starting pitching has been addressed, and I like what Ollie said when, when those two pitchers were acquired. It's not, he said it's not about getting pieces. It's about getting the right pieces. And it certainly feels like Quintana Montgomery are exactly the right type of pitchers that the Cardinals needed for where they are right now. But I don't want to discredit the obvious presence that Yadier Molina has brought back in that clubhouse. Arnado has referenced it multiple times. You talk to any pitcher, you talk to Paul DeYoung, you talk to Ollie. I mean, I know that the bat, if you look at statistical numbers, you're going to look at that average and be like, seriously? But I just think that it's diminishing everything that Yadier Molina brings to this club. It is a completely different feel in there, and you can feel it even from a reporter's perspective when I'm in there for just an hour a day. When you look at what Paul DeYoung has brought to this club as well, Katie, I, I certainly wasn't expecting this. I didn't give up on him because I learned my lesson from the Jordan Bennington situation with the Blues, and I gave up on him, and he ended up being a huge piece to them trying to go on a run in the playoffs. Paul DeYoung, since his return, has six hits, 
All of them have been extra bases, three doubles, three home runs. He's got 10 RBIs now in eight games. What can you say to put in context what we're watching right now with DeYoung's return to the lineup? Well, you're seeing a Paul DeYoung that's just more confident, more assured. I, I joked to him Friday night after we talked to him. I said, Paul, you're smiling a lot more on the field now. I, you don't usually do that. You're usually pretty in check. And he said, yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm actually I'm pretty happy. So I think what you're seeing from Paul DeYoung is just this confidence. He went down to AAA and how he handled this. He talked to anyone in the organization and they sing nothing but praises for how Paul DeYoung handled his demotion. You know, he went down there and he wasn't calling up after a week in AAA saying, okay, I'm ready. I feel good. Bring me back. He left them alone. He said, they'll call when they're ready and I'll be ready too. Then he spent over two months down there really kind of progressing his swing, resetting his mind, I think was the biggest key. And I think you're seeing trust in the organization that he's right. Um, I mean, we can go easily back to Friday's game, bottom of the eighth, when he goes up with two runners on and two out, and everyone's thinking, why isn't Brendan Donovan pinch hitting here against Clay Holmes? And what does Paul DeYoung do on the first pitch? Well, he laces the eventual game-winning double. And Ollie Marmel was pretty candid in our chat the next morning about why he elected to go with the human element instead of what the matches and the splits would say, because even he said the splits at that point would say, Bat Donovan, but if I send Paul Goldschmidt up, or if I send Donovan up and I send Paul DeYoung back, what message am I sending to Paul? I'm sending I don't believe in him, and that's not true. We always said it before. I'm sure he'll say it many more times. He believes the Cardinals are a better club when they have their best version of Paul DeYoung, and that's the non-platoon everyday starting shortstop Paul DeYoung. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. Speaking of the human element, Katie, how much impact are we seeing from Lars Newtbar? Not just for what he's doing on the field, but just the vibe around him off the field, whether it's in the clubhouse or the dugout during the games. It just feels like he's more of a spark plug than what many people expected him to be. I think for Lars Newtbar, and it's so fun because no matter what, what we turn to in the lineup right now, there's someone who's really performing and doing well. And Newtbar's no exception. I think he's just playing up on this confidence. He, has, he was given an opportunity to seize the starting right-fielding role, and some guys really rise to the occasion. When you think about where Newbar was in the earlier part of the season, he wasn't getting many at-bats. You could tell he was pressing a little bit. You could tell he wanted to succeed but wasn't sure the, like, the right way to go about it. Now that he has a chance to play consistently, now that he has a chance to start every day, I think you're seeing just, again, similar to Paul, a more relaxed version, a more assured, confident, convicted Lars Newbar. And I think that reverberates throughout the entire club right now. But for Newbar, I think what makes him so likable is the fact that he just has that charisma, right? I mean, we're talking to Ollie yesterday, and he says, Lars is such a great presence in the clubhouse because he can routinely get on guys. Not a lot of guys can get on Nolan Arenado and get away with it, but for whatever reason, no one thinks it's hilarious. And that's the kind of vibe that, Noah, that uh, Lars brings to that clubhouse. You need a little fun for as, as productive and veteran-driven and, you know, instilled in winning as that clubhouse is. I think Newt Bar brings a little bit of his own spark that reminds guys, okay, it's okay to laugh a little bit. It's okay to have fun. We're talking to Katie Wu for another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You mentioned Nolan Arenado and what he is doing lately is just absurd. And now it's just the entire season numbers are ridiculous. He's up to a 300 batting average again, which I didn't think we would see from him in St. Louis because it's so much harder to hit there than it is in Colorado. But he's on pace for 40 doubles, 30 homers, 100 RBIs again. What are we watching right now with <laughs> Nolan Arenado? Guys, is it possible that we're watching two MVPs playing on the same team, hitting back-to-back in the order? Because I think we get so caught up, rightfully so, in Paul Goldschmidt's tremendous season that we're not acknowledging 
Nolan Arenado's tremendous season. I mean, this is a guy who had fantastic first-half numbers, but because Paul Goldschmidt was otherworldly, I think maybe we didn't pay close enough attention. Then he comes back, and in July, over 20 games, he has a, over 1,000 OPS. Six games in August, he's hitting a, over 1,100 OPS. Hmm. I mean, I, it's so perplexing to me because I still feel, feel like Nolan thinks there's more he can do. So I'm not quite sure what we're seeing from Nolan Arenado. I just know that with Goldschmidt and Nolan back-to-back, I don't think there's a pitching staff in baseball that's comfortable facing the Cardinals' heart of the order right now, and that's how it should be. Katie, on the pitching front for the Cardinals, uh, we got the positive word over the weekend that it sounds like Jack Flaherty is going to be headed out on a rehab uh, start sooner rather than later. Any update that you know on the Jack Flaherty front, and is there a kind of date that you're expected to see him back with the team? Yeah, so Jack threw a bullpen in St. Louis Sunday morning. He's been throwing plenty of bullpens in L.A., and he also threw a simulated uh, one, like up-down one inning before coming to St. Louis. So Cardinals are going to – he's not going to travel to Denver. He's going to do his rehab, continue it, progress under the eyes here of St. Louis, and it's sounding pretty likely he's going to be going on a rehab assignment soon. Jack Flaherty is eligible to, become, to come off a 60-day IL on August 26th. Cardinals open up a three-game series in Cincinnati on the road, and that's the only trip that they do before they come back to the stadium. The slight open window that they have right now is around that week, that last August series to early September series, or that's their tentative timeline. Again, things are very fluid. They're going to be careful with Jack. We've heard this before, but I think they really mean it. Uh, but that is their, their tentative timetable. They anticipate him being able to come off the IL pretty close to that August 26th eligibility date. Do you trust this? <laughs> I do. I do trust this because I, I don't know. I do though. I, I just feel like the Jack Flaherty's delivery is too clean. It's too repeatable to continue having mechanical issues. Um, front office seems pretty confident. Always seems pretty confident. Jack seems pretty confident. So I guess it's just a wait and see method. But if you get a healthy Jack Flaherty for the final few weeks of the regular season in September, I mean, that has to boost your club's confidence tremendously. Final question that I've got for you, Katie, is the guy who he might be taking his spot in the rotation. I know that I am seen as the Dakota Hudson hater on this show. It's for fair reasons. What what was that? Like, what, what, did, what did we watch from Dakota Hudson on Friday night? Thank God for Andre Palante. He was outstanding, but... The end result, four innings, three earned runs. And if you didn't watch the game, you look at that and you're probably saying, BK, stop talking about this. But Ollie Marmol even commented after the game talking about how it was slow. It was tough to watch. What are we making of Dakota Hudson now after we've seen this so many different times? Yeah, I thought Ollie's comments were pretty telling. Um, I mean, he's an honest guy. I don't think he's going to say anything to the media and the fans that he didn't already address previously with his clubhouse and Dakota beforehand. But he is right. The pace is slow. The, it, it brings the overall intensity of the game down. You can see the infielders shuffling around the dirt, kind of like kicking their feet, like picking it up. And it's strange because Dakota never worked this way. And we have to remember, this is a guy coming back from Tommy John surgery. And it often takes nearly two years post-surgery for pitchers to totally and fully regain their feel. So Dakota's a guy that's obviously searching. But at this point in the year, I think it's fair to see if Polante can slot back in the rotation and maybe Hudson continues to work out of the bullpen in the long relief roles because Palante has just been so good and he's been so effective and his ability to slot in whenever he's up for anything. He never says no. He's always smiling. He works quickly. He works efficiently. All those signs point to him at least going back to the rotation. I think that's a decision the Cardinals are going to have to make relatively soon because they are going to have to fill in at least three more weeks before they potentially get Jack Flaherty back. So 
for me, that's the biggest question mark going forward is who is going to take over that fifth man spot. It's leaning towards Polante, but I think the Cardinals also are trying to think long-term for Polante's health. You know, he's approaching a career innings limit. And they also want to make sure Dakota's progressing and has the confidence that he needs to be successful down the road as well. Certainly a juxtaposition for the Cardinals to be in going forward, addressing that fifth spot in their rotation. Katie, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but in his last two starts down in AAA, Jake Woodford has thrown 12 innings. He's given up one earned run. He has 10 strikeouts in that time, and he's allowed a total of 10 base runners. Does he get an opportunity for that last spot in the rotation? Because I feel like at this point, it, it, I, I can't imagine it would be worse than what we're seeing with Dakota Hudson. I think it's a fair question. And when you look at what Jake Woodford did for this club last season and, and you think, you know, why wasn't he used more when they desperately needed innings? But right now with Talante pitching so well, I think the plan is for Woodford to continue building the overall pitch makeup and pitch profile of his secondary pitches. The club wants them to look more major league ready, right? They, they still refer to that expected slugging percentage as like we're playing a dangerous game here. So I think right now the question is, can they afford moving Talante back to the rotation while not messing up his innings limit? while also not messing up Dakota Hudson's progress as he continues to work back. And also, you know, what can they do to patchwork? They don't really need to patchwork the rotation as much as they did previously, thankfully, but they do need to kind of figure out a way for that fifth spot going forward until Flaherty comes back and presumably he will take that over. Do you think it's realistic that they would option Dakota Hudson down? They have options on him if they wanted to use them. I do not. Then again, they option Paul DeYoung. So. <laughs> Well, Katie, we'll be reading your work over at The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter. She's at Katie J. Wu. We always appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of this week and enjoy your off day today. Thanks, guys. We will talk again next week. Absolutely. Same to you. That is Katie Wu joining us here on 101 ESPN.